0: There was an elbow heard, semi-round the world, proving again, fighting way easier from outside the cage. Outside the cage, Gary Tonin's lovely. He's fun to joke with. He's, you know, m- mostly fun to joke with. That might get a little crazy. Which means it is time for Verbal Tap. I am your host, Kevin, with me, of course, Raph Esparza. Raph, you posted a meme that I thought did a nice job a video meme expressing our feelings but how hard were you laughing when Gary kicked and fell down
1: um okay so he looked like Mega Man at that point because he did that kind of like boing jump and I, I didn't know exactly what to make of it at the time yeah but I knew that he was uh he was at that point where I was like don't laugh at him don't laugh at him you, you don't know he's feeling him out it's good Um, And then I saw him whiff on a first few couple punches. And that's where the meme that I made kind of started to make sense. Because I just honestly put all of the GIFs or movies or things that made the most sense to me to to kind of put in there. And all of those things were were pretty close to how I felt. Well, wow. In terms
0: of domination. But – Did he completely turn you around when he dropped the people's elbow in celebration?
1: No. In fact, if anything, he took me back up and then he lost me again because here's what happened. A lot of people were calling that the people's elbow, and I feel like you would be foolish to do so. What he might call it, the people's elbow, but uh, Gary's comprehension of all things, WWE BJJ, is very low. He liked reading. It doesn't come naturally to him uh, so what happened was I think he was going to drop an elbow and at first he was kind of doing that thing where he was gonna drop it on the mat and just go up ah. but midway through it looks like he had a change and it was actually more of the macho man's oh yeah dropping of the elbow from the top rope of which point it just kind of looked like a kind of hybrid between the two and I said Gary That won't cut it for me, sir. So um, I don't mind it. The sentiment was there. But four out of ten, if I'm being honest on that part. Uh, Let's talk about what he did well because it would be dumb to suggest that he didn't win. We all know that's not true. He he won. It was in dominant fashion. But here's the reason why it was such a sit-on-the-edge-of-your-seat kind of a feel. When he started, he was rough and, you know, feeling it out. And John Danaher said in his, like, nine-page post, (laughs) he understandably was nervous. You have to understand, Gary Tonin is a very cerebral person when he wants to be. And I guess what he was saying was he took a couple shots. It didn't look like he took that much damage there, but sure, to each their own. However, it was when Gary connected with like a one-two punch maybe the three minute mark of the first round that I said oh I think he's got something going on here and you get excited because you're like okay I think Gary's doing really well I think we could see a knockout here knocks his opponent on the ground stands hovering over him looking like in jiu-jitsu in a very awkward position that you don't really see Gary in a ton despite his uh, penchant for letting himself go into bad positions but kind of that like Captain Morgan. You're gonna pass, but you just keep your base on that front foot, and you don't really care if they reverse daily heave you or daily heave you. And his opponent was trying to throw up kicks; it wasn't really working for him. Gary starts dropping a few very nicely timed uh, punches. Here's where I think Kevin was the best part of it for him: the amount of control that he had, not just to go crazy when he knocked the guy down was a true assessment of him and i say this with all due respect looking very mature right and in general he looked
0: extremely comfortable and that's uh they even put his gra- his
1: grappling record up which really yeah, that I thought was that was lovely. a nice uh, nice thing to say As opposed to, hey guys, it's his first time Because, you know, when they do that to you Kev, have you ever been a substitute teacher Where they said, hey, it's your first day Oh yeah, for sure Because they've done that to me too And when I was a substitute teacher They brought me in and they go Hey guys, and it was my speech coach Bless her heart Who goes, hey It's his first class And I go, No I'll never get them back with that. Don't. You. Mm-mm. And of course, then they think that this is a true dangerous mind situation. Not that I'm the Michelle Pfeiffer. I'm the person before Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh, damn. No. War zone. Damn it. I was so hoping you were the Michelle Pfeiffer. Don't get me wrong. There were a couple of students who I turned a chair around and was like, you want to tell me what this is about? So, yeah, that definitely happened a couple of times. But, Kev. When he knocked him down and he, he was very controlled, when it went to a second round, I just thought, all right, Gary, you looked very impressive in that first round. You cannot lose from here. But here's where it got scary again, though, Kev. Yeah? This motherfucker. Where? A, I'm curious. Well, like, well, because he gets a very good approach in on a single leg, kind of takes him down, shoots right in immediately. I think great strategy. Understands he's got uh, – you know some some advantage all around now here's where it gets interesting he decides because he's clearly understanding at this point he's outclassing the guy for funsies maybe go to the truck position now when he thinks he's going to go to the truck position he takes a moment and he debates and again this is pure speculation but i think it's well-founded he looks like he's debating to going into a twister.
0: 100%. 100%. He, okay. it, it, oh,
1: and I thought he was like, oh, f- this is an EBI. No one cares. Hold on. Well, I think he just figured – because some people were trying to clown him on social media and say, uh, hey, Gary, uh, why didn't you get the submission? And I don't think that was the case. I think he wanted to try and beat the shit out of the guy and, and get a knockout if he could or do it with his fists. However, I think the low dangling fruit of the Twister being in front of him was one that he was like, okay, I'll try this. And when the guy kind of was rolling out of it, Gary goes, fine, no Twister, takes a side control, goes to mount, and then uh, ends up finishing the match with some what he refers to as hellbows. Now, some people were trying to debate on where he was intending to go once he got to truck, but he did repost and reshare my little uh note that i put about him did you read what i said about him kevin
0: i think i did i don't exactly remember what it said
1: i'll just kind of tell you the the long of the short of it because i think it was important to get the exact wording on this one right but i said to him or i said to the people everyone i hope you're sitting down for this gary just stopped the fight via tko He also teased a truck entry for a twister because, well, he's a crazy motherfucker. Immediate shares and likes. Most prominent of which, Gary Tonin. He did absolutely
0: tease. I honestly wasn't sure what he was going to do, but he looked not interested in leg locking anyone. Or really doing much. I mean, it was obviously jujitsu when you mount someone who's extremely tough and athletic and a striker, but. Those vicious elbows at the end were just, that's not nice. That's yeah. not the top over elbows. Gary finishes with a mount victory. I was impressed in the sense that, okay, Gary's fighting new, right? This is his brand new foyer into mixed martial arts in terms mm. of full fist MMA. He kind of did that thing that you do, which is just get, all right, well, I'll, I'll buy into that strategy. I'll get comfortable striking with this guy. I'll get around in. No need to really do jujitsu yet. And it's nice to have that in your back pocket, especially as a grappler that has plenty of experience. Truck rolling people into the electric chair because the announcer said banana splits. And I was like, uh, mm, probably not, but maybe, right? That could be we fun. Had, too.
1: <laughs> we had some people who were saying banana split as well. And it was just because it looked like he was, uh, you know how sometimes when you don't want to force it, Uh, too much to get that truck position instead of rolling over, which why would you do that in an MMA fight? But don't worry. If you tease Gary enough, I'm sure he'll do it the next time. Uh, But instead, you kind of fall back by getting that grip. And you have several things available to you. You have obviously uh, a whole series of the 10th planet love of, you know, your your calf crank, your banana split. Um, At this point with that lockdown, you can even take the back as well. But it just looked like Gary wanted to make a statement and well-deserved. And again, I, I found it interesting to listen to the commentary because it was a little confusing. When you talk about going somewhere else and uh, these wonderful people at 1FC trying to put on this. And to their credit, I saw that one of their fights at the time on Facebook because they put all the prelims on uh, their Facebook. And then for whatever reason, they're like, main card will have two fights that are featured exclusively On Twitter, which, cool, good. I'm glad something's on Twitter. But they put it on there, and it's kind of like interesting to to stream something off of Twitter because you're not super excited about it. You just go, sure, let's get through this. And uh, they were doing their damnedest to try and entertain us, but I don't know that their commentating was – well, let's put it this way. They made Josh Palmer look good.
0: Which – to make to make Josh Palmer look good requires a near act of anti patriotism on this mm-hmm. podcast, but mission accomplished yep. I did think they were trying in terms of to get some grappling stuff in there, which I'll give one credit for that, and the u f c does this too, obviously so does Bellator, but they there's a lot of respect towards the the experienced grappler now, yeah. And speaking, Ralph, of the experienced grappler, the experienced gra- grappler needs two things. They need good fitting undergarments and nutritional <laughs> supplements. Those oh, are the yeah. only two things that all they need, Ralph. And <laughs> okay. you can get the first one at North South Jiu Jitsu Underwear, NorthSouthJiuJitsu.com. They're the best in the game. They keep you moving. They give mm-hmm. you that Lovato flexibility with that hip explosion. Trust me, you put them on, you're,
1: boom, you're Lovato. I need time out here. Um, love where you're going on this one so far. And I know it's one of two, so to be continued, audience. But um, did we remember who we're interviewing today? Oh,
0: when John Salter's pressure game, he uses the compact nature. Actually, I don't know if he's on the no. North and South, but he's not right. By he's going to hear this, and he's going to, well, not care, because he's going to be like, ah, I could beat Kevin up. Let so me say, John,
1: me. if you are listening to this, and why would you? Why would so you listen me. to the part you're not on? He's on the way would... to training. I know. <laughs> It's stupid. And if you're one of his students, don't tell him this happened. But I will explain to you why we have to do this. John Salter or students or people who will tell him in the future. Rafael Lovato Jr. is part of the North-South Jiu-Jitsu underwear family. Therefore, we have to, for the sake of saying the brand, talk about people who wear the underwear. So it's not us showing any partiality. To either one of you, because, again, we are Switzerland in this scenario. We love you both. We understand one of you has to be the winner unless there's some sort of weird double TKO sort of thing. And we are not wishing that. Or a uh, majority draw. Again, not wishing that. Double rear naked so. choke.
0: You figure out how they
1: did it. <laughs> did I Did I tell you this, Kevin? <laughs> um, Keith and Joey at the bullpen submission series, uh, they had a match in the absolute together. And I put on my description of it, when I put it on my page, is there a way they can just heel hook each other and double KO that way? Because that's what I want. Yeah, I'm, I'm right with you. Anyway. <laughs> so that will conclude the Raph Explains, why we make the Rafael Lovato drop in and... on a show that claims and, and is affirming we want the best man to win, whoever that may be, Yes, on that night. As we consult the verbal tap legal team to make sure we, we said this correctly proven
0: nutrition. Mm-hmm. www.proven nutrition.com. Proven nutrition. Come for the amazing website, stay for the amazing products. More to come because Raph, I'm about to do some ordering. It's spring and I'm tricking myself into thinking I'm going to get healthier. So, okay. I got to try some proven nutrition. <laughs> I, all of it. I want some testosterone. I want some creatine. We're going to make a big muscle shake cocktail in the morning. It's going to be crazy. Provennutrition.com, new friends of ours. Go check them out. Let's all keep the free pirate ship afloat and get healthier. It's important what you put in your body. So I've heard. <laughs> I've, uh, <laughs> I've been trying everything, and it's going okay. I should focus on things that are greener. Rap, I do want to go talk to John Salter. Can we go ahead and take a break from this Gary nonsense and all this other yeah, stuff? No, we're, and give we're, credit to the, the wrestling amazingness, grappling MMA renaissance man, John Salter.
1: Kev, I have mixed feelings about this next guest. And you know, we talked to him a little bit before we put them on the show, so I think he has a general idea of where I may be going with this. But I feel you feel the same way about this, right?
0: I mean, this is a tough this is a battle of the jiu-jitsu hearts, mm-hmm. hearts and minds fight here in the cage, which we don't get very often, but mm-hmm. it's certainly I mean, when you see Lovato fighting, you're like, Oh, awesome, what Mu- Muay Thai fight Wait, who's he fighting? Whoa. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-oh. Okay. This one's fascinating. And this next fight, that's what you're alluding to, right? The Lovato. Uh, This one's going to tear the BJJ community up.
1: Because here's the thing, Kevin. I've interviewed both of them. And yes, he's still on the line, according to our Skype record right now. So I I have to be forthcoming in saying, that we will have to be Switzerland in terms of how we're going along on this interview. But John Salter, we need you to answer a question for us. How are we as jiu-jitsu artists supposed to feel when they say, hey, guess what? John is going up against Rafael Lovato Jr. Please answer that question for me and we can move on to the real interview from there.
2: I think uh, you guys got to be really excited about it, and just, uh, your whole audience ought to be pulling for me to win.
1: Okay, good. Yes. Okay. Understandable. I just, I need you to understand something. There are a few people that we really get behind as jiu artists, and I love the fact that you compete MMA, I see you at ADCC Trials, I see your team being beasts, like You're a great ambassador of jiu-jitsu in MMA, and there's only a handful of those people. It's gotten so depleted to the point where all of us were rallying around Gary Tonin this weekend. All of us were rallying around Gary Tonin because we wanted him to do well as a jiu-jitsu ambassador. Think about how weird that sounds. That's how slim the pickings are. So if they put you and Lovato against each other, then it's the rest of us going, Oh, I want to see this. It sounds so good. But also, oh my God. Okay.
2: Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. Every gym I think I've ever trained in and everybody i ever talked to, it seems like you've got your jiu-jitsu guys and you've got your MMA guys. And the MMA guys never want to go train with the jiu-jitsu guys when I act like they're better than that. And then the jiu-jitsu guys always have this thing, well, why won't they come train with us? And I've always thought that was dumb. When I was in college and I'm watching MMA, I'm seeing these stud wrestlers go out there, take people down, and then get submitted. And I just told myself, I can't be that guy. I've got to be the guy that learns jiu-jitsu, gets good at it, and that doesn't happen to. And then, uh, you know, just jumping into competitions for fun, all of a sudden I started beating black belts my first year of jiu-jitsu. And, um, you know, because of my wrestling background, I thought, hey, you know, this is something I think I can, uh, you know, really take advantage of. And uh, just kind of fell in love with jiu-jitsu that way. And so I've always tried to be to not be the MMA guy that doesn't do jiu-jitsu all the time. So I think that kind of threw me into both worlds,
0: and you're thrown deep into I mean, both worlds because mm-hmm. we're talking an ADCC mm-hmm. competitor. He's putting this incredibly mildly, and now you're going into the cage where you you have made, you have a lot more experience. Uh, I actually pulled up your your fight record is intensely long for for your particular caliber as you go into this. Do you prepare pretty differently for someone like Lovato as you're as you're doing it in camp, or are you just sort of doing what you normally do?
2: Um, yeah, you know, there's obviously uh, – everybody knows what a legend he is in jiu-jitsu, you know, especially your whole audience knows everything about him there. So that makes things a little differently uh, – go do- a little differently in training camp. But the other thing is having a guy that – you know, I'm fighting a guy six 6'4", that changes the game everywhere. It changes it on its feet. It changes Mm -hmm. it in the takedowns. And on the ground even, I think so many people forget how much of a difference the length makes on the ground. So um, it's a lot of picking and choosing training partners, um, doing a little traveling to find the guys that meet that criteria, and, um, you know, even in the gym telling certain guys that want to go around, hey, sorry, I can't go. you. You don't fit the bill of what I'm looking for right now, you know.
1: I'm going to start doing that myself. I don't fight MMA at all, nor will I ever, but I think that's a great idea. You know, you just don't fit the description of uh, a, a rolling partner for me right now. I mean, I'm just into other people, I guess, is what I'm telling you. John, I'm so curious how this all came together because I see you, I see Lovato, and the first thing I think to myself is, I know you refer to him as a tall person you're not a short person. No,
0: no. John's not a small, small human
1: being. No, I, I had to like, I had to very politely ask you where there was a way where, (laughs) when I did my interview with you at ADCC trials where I wouldn't look dwarfed. So, I mean, (laughs) not a short Um, answer.
2: You know, it's funny in the past, uh, I've, I've been the tall guy where I've trained before. I've trained at dethrone base camp and, uh Fresno, California for years and I feel like every one of my training partners was five ten, you know, and I am six one so I was the tall guy and I never even thought about that until my first fight in Bell I fought a six four uh kickboxer in Dustin Jacoby. And as soon as we go out there and I throw my first punch and I hit him and I think I'm out of range, he hits me back and I realized, man, training with five ten guys definitely not get you ready for a six four guy. So uh you know, I try not to be the tall guy and the long guy in the room anymore so that I'm constantly used to that. Yeah. it's good. And good that's philosophy a, to have.
0: You submitted him. So there's also more neck, right? Is, do tall people yeah. have longer necks, Raph? Is that science? <laughs>
2: uh,
1: I think so. I think it's like uh, something they learn from giraffes. So, yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> that
2: sounds yeah, right. Think about 100%. it. I got, I got a lot of limbs hanging out there.
1: <laughs> you say that but then like you know what my favorite thing is is when a tall guy uh wants to and i guess i this goes to kevin because whenever, whenever i'm passing kevin's guard i feel like i'll do all this work to pass his guard and then i feel like he just really quickly does the tall man like nah i've got it back i've retained it so all those knees it's great yeah
2: it's uh definitely tricky for a short guy once uh when the guy can throw his leg around your waist from side control and pull you back into full guard, it's disheartening.
0: In every gym now, it, it, I feel like too. Yes. Also, has the six foot four, six foot seven person. We have uh, just a brown belt. It's like there are legs for days, and you are like, God damn! It's uh, I always. It feels like the Anaconda movie from from oh, J Lo's yeah. youth.
2: You go north south on those guys, and all they're trying to do is take take your back. Yeah, you know, I feel like uh yeah, that should be illegal somewhere.
1: Well, we're talking about some good <laughs> rule set changes. Absolutely. I love that. So again, I do want to know how is it that you and Lovato get paired together though?
2: Uh you know, uh he fought one of my old teammates his last fight and Chris Honeycutt and Honeycut's a stud, you know, two time division one all American wrestler. Um and, uh, you know, honey, uh, Lovato was able to keep, keep his distance. Even when Honeycutt took him down, he was able to keep him too far away to hit him. And, uh, you know, Lovato fought a really smart game after the fight. Uh, you know, I went to tell him congratulations and he kind of mentioned us fighting in the future. You know, it's just, uh, it's one of those things we're obviously, I feel like the two best grapplers in Bellator. It's just a matter of time before, you know, we had to be matched up and, uh, I think, right now we're uh you know we're also the two top guys uh we've beaten everybody that we've been put up against so you know eventually you got to find out who the best grapplers and who the number one contender is so i think it's uh, about that time
0: yeah you're 5 and 0 and that was just the nicest possible way of saying uh you know we're the two best which from a grappling perspective is fantastic cuz as raf mentioned you've got the tone and ellipsis, and one thing that's been fun, too, because you're kind of, is it fair to say you're an MMA fighter that's now just drifted into the waters of BJJ, As and you even said it casually, which is sort of funny to me. Um, It sounds sounds like a lie, though,
1: because let's be very clear, very solid in jiu-jitsu, because a lot of people, when they say that they've done the MMA route and then they're kind of okay at jiu-jitsu, like, okay, sure, you can see through it. No, John is a very, very good practitioner and uses Gi, which only endears us more to him.
0: Yeah, we do have a, a soft spot for the gi players. But for you, is this sort of that payoff of why you started training for things like ADCC? focusing on it because, oh, it's going to pay dividends in this fight yeah. at least.
2: Yeah. I, you know, like I said, I wanted to make sure I wasn't that guy that took people down and got submitted in jiu-jitsu. It, you know, I love Chelsea and always been a fan of Chelsea, But my God, at some point, you got to stop getting subbed by people when you take them down. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I never wanted to be that guy. And uh, I, like I said, I started training jiu-jitsu and a buddy of mine, he was a purple bell. I've been training jujitsu for like two months. Kept being, oh, you got to put the gi on. You got to put the gi on. Like, I'm not putting pajamas on when I'm trying to get better at punching. And finally, he convinces me to do it, and I just fell in love with the gi. But, um, you know, three months into training jujitsu, I, I was like, ah, I'll go to a tournament and, you know, do the advanced division in no gi. I'm, you know, I can wrestle. Uh, I was a national champion college wrestler, so I'm, I'm, you know, ready to go to the advanced division. And I went out there I, in the finals. I ran into Douglas Lima and I beat him in the finals. So then I thought, okay, I'm doing pretty good. About a month later, I was like, I'll go do another jiu-jitsu tournament where they're paying a little bit of money. And uh got to the finals and had uh, Jukow, uh Roland Canero, who's already a black belt. And uh, I beat him in the finals of that tournament. And uh, so then I started thinking, okay, I think this is, you know, a sport that I can be pretty good at just like wrestling. So I just, just like wrestling, threw, threw everything I had into it. And, um, I competed a little more, and then I just got busy training all the time, fighting all the time, and I didn't compete for a while, and I think it got to the point where, you know, everybody just assumed that, uh, you know, I'm not competing in jiu-jitsu anymore. I guess maybe I'm not at the level of those guys, but every time I trained somewhere with, you know, top guys in the world, I felt like I was right at that level. And uh, the ADCCs, I think we talked about a little bit out there, you know, I wasn't training to get ready for that or anything, but, I was supposed to fight Selenko, and he ended up not signing the contract and taking the fight. So um, I was in decent shape. I was like, yeah, I might as well go out there to California and have some fun. And, uh, <laughs> you know, my wife pretty much uh, the thing that decided me going to is my wife said, I really want to go to Finland, so you're going to go out there and compete. So um, <laughs> that's pretty much how that came about.
1: <laughs> what, a, what a great thing. Most people think about that, and you have to, like, go on a game show to win uh some destination cruise or like go on wheel of fortune your wife's like no 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 go on adcc in the trials and get me there
2: yeah literally my friend called like hey you said you're in shape adcc trials are in like two weeks you should go do it and uh i'm like ah i don't know and uh mentioned it to my wife she's like well where's the world championships I, like, I don't know i'll look it up she's like it's in finland you're going i want to go so uh, that's pretty much how we decided to go compete.
0: Was there a follow up? Were you like, why Finland? I mean, just of all the places, I enjoy that she like immediately jumped on it because I feel like I'd have to be like, where? Uh, are you sure? I mean, it might be cold. Was there a justification? Did you tack on some vacation time?
2: Uh, yeah, we stayed. We went to uh, Estonia and Sweden. And um, if you, the real reason is uh, my wife wanted to go to. Uh, Russia and see where everything about the story of Anastasia was, which interests me none. But that was the game plan, <laughs> and it's really tough to get into Russia, so uh, we didn't do that.
0: Well, you know, it could always there's there's no telling. They hear John Salter enters the country. The next thing you know, you're in a gladiator like situation for the next five years in Russia. It's like you've got to fight in our underground, train our fighters to get out. I'm I'm also gonna watch that movie just as a heads up
2: but you know i had a, I had a great game plan go to russia call out Slomenko in his own country since you know two times it <laughs> fell apart america and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, turned out to not work out
0: you're a, you're a brave man <laughs> there's a confidence i assume that comes maybe it's just the wrestling dullness like after years of just headbutting people you just don't have the same <laughs> the same fear the rest of us do Who's been? Give me. So I'm looking at your record, and as you've you've alluded to, you've submitted a few people, you've knocked a few people out. From Jason Radcliffe, Kendall Grove, give us who who's been the toughest competition as you transitioned into Bellator? Because you've kind of fought everywhere from from UFC to uh, just things with the, an adrenaline MMA show, which sounds. Again, like a good uh, Jason Statham named show, but who's been the toughest in the last five in in Bellator?
2: Uh, you know, obviously Halsey. We uh, him being a, a collegiate all American wrestler, you know, our our strengths kind of clashed there, um, and I, I didn't even try to get into a wrestling game with him at all. But um, uh, surprisingly, I mean, the guy. You know, you talked about me uh, rear naked choking uh, Dustin Jacoby and, but he ended up being such a tough guy, you know, kind of looking at some of the film of his fights, nobody, you know, King Mo couldn't hold him down, David Branch couldn't hold him down, he was just popping up on all these guys, and he's a glory level kickboxer, I think he fought for the glory title, so, um, you know, that made him a really tough opponent, and going out there, my game plan was, you know, I'm not going to let him up once I put him on the ground, and it it didn't make for the most exciting fight, because it was so hard to keep him down, but he was, uh, he was a very tough opponent, and to uh, uh, you know, not be great on the ground, he's very good at getting up. So I'd say he was probably one of my toughest fights since I've been in Bellator.
0: All right. So by that math, everyone needs to be extremely aware. Raf and I have already been talking about it. We circled it when it was announced. You got the special priority where he sends me a message to make sure I saw something. April 28th Allstate arena, Rosemont, Illinois. I'm just reminding people. Bellator, you're fighting Rafael Lovato Jr. Uh, and at this point, like in terms of how you weigh, you've been you fight almost every five to six months, it appears from from your insane resume and that's in addition to the times you vacation and grappling literally in that case. Where are you at in the process of needing to cut any weight? Are you starting to look at, like, donuts with that? You linger a little bit longer. Where are you at in your training camp in terms of those things?
2: Well, I'm five weeks out, so I'm a couple weeks into real strict dieting, Um, you know, get my weight down. I'm right around 200 right now. Um, Usually by the time I hit the last week of training camp, my weight's down pretty close. I don't have too hard of a time. Uh, I do a lot of cardio when I'm in camp. Uh, I've gotten tired before in fights and it's terrible. So I always want to make sure that never happens again. So, um, yeah, I I don't really have too hard of a time with my weight cut. Uh, start out pretty heavy and end up pretty light by the uh, training camp.
0: Okay. So, again, with your just stoic professionalism, Raph, we have to create a John Salter controversy to get him some headlines. (laughs) Because I feel like it's going to be hardworking, super diligent fighter, continues to make good. You know, people aren't going to necessarily share that on Facebook. So we'll work on that in terms of your bad boy image, John.
1: Well, it's not just that, but it's also his dance partner in this is Rafael Levant. jr who doesn't exactly have you know jiu-jitsu's tmz uh, (laughs) he doesn't bjj eastern europe putting him in any kind of major scandals or anything so yeah i mean you guys are making it hard for us you're making us have to actually want to see a fight for its amazing potential and not for anything else which thankfully it's
2: amazing you know it's amazing how you know i worked so hard my whole life to go win a national championship in college wrestling then i jumped into mma and everybody's like, well, you got to talk trash. And guys, you realize how hard I'm working all the time. I'm too tired to talk trash at the end of the day. And then, you know, I see these people acting all tough at weigh-in, shoving each other. All I'm thinking about is where's my light. So I don't know. I just guess I never have time to think about all the things to make headlines and, uh, you know, make people mad at me.
0: There are a few things I love more than a push at the weigh-in, only because we're 24 hours from you fighting. Like we, we have all agreed this is definitely gonna happen. No, but I need to push them now. It's such a where,
1: funny uh, it's yeah. like I could be fine for it because <laughs> that's that's the real streets right there. Sometimes you just
2: gotta oh, yeah.
0: you gotta let people know.
2: <laughs> well The best the best thing I've ever seen at Weigh Ins was uh when Matt Mitrione fought Kimbo Slice, Mitrion smiled at him behind uh, I fought on that. I think it was, uh, what, UFC 113 in Canada. And I fought on that card. And we're sitting back there at Wayne's. I'm miserable, just wanting to get something to drink. And Mitrion turns around and smiles at Kimbo. And the entire time, backstage, not no press, uh, nothing going on back there. Kimbo's trying to get to him and fight him. And there's, like, a group of people holding him back for, like, 30 minutes. And I'm like, God, we're fighting tomorrow. There's no cameras here. There's no money being made. But uh, for about thirty minutes, he's trying to fight him backstage.
0: That's how Kimbo slice rolls. <laughs> Kimbo's like he smiled at me. What? That's, that's We do First this. Much. We fight. It's like no. It's a day away can't be. That's funny. UFC one thirteen. Wow. So you you just go straight from wrestling in, and now you have the jujitsu bug. Because I do want to get to this a little bit, and obviously there's there's. This is going to be an insane fight against you and Lovato. That fight is hyped itself. Everyone's been excited since it was announced. It was just like, oh, holy shit, that that makes a lot of sense. You're also running a Brazilian Jiu Jitsu gym. You're you're teaching. You're doing all that stuff in addition to your six month fight clock.
2: Yeah, so you know, I moved to Wilmington. Uh, it's been two and a, three years ago now, um, and you know, I got Derek Brunson out here who everybody in the MMA world knows. He's one of the top, uh, ranked guys in the UFC at my weight, you know, great training partner, but obviously, you know, like we talked about, I'm always looking for the best grapplers I can find. I'm looking for a lot of black belts to train with. And I get out here and there's every gym's got a couple of good black belts, but nobody would train together. And, um, so I kind of bounced around training with different guys and, uh, it's just hard to get good pushes because I have, two tough guys in this gym, two tough guys here. So finally, um, I just opened my own thing, uh, started my own program at port city sports performance and brought in a bunch of college wrestlers, uh, really tough guys to push and teaching them jiu And then I started getting all these black belts coming in from South Carolina North Carolina, Virginia. So, uh, every week I've got black belts in different places coming in to train. So it's really worked out well. Um, make a better training situation
0: yeah it's also a lot of work while you're uh crushing this stuff in terms of keeping yourself in in performance and in training mode that's why it's always well again the the parallels for you and 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 professor lovato kind of run deep in this regard uh you know loser gets the other one's school i don't think that's unfair before you guys start to fight
1: (laughs) Or, no, 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 yeah. let's do this. I feel like you guys should set something up where, like, lose seminar at, like, the Others Academy. Let's keep it, like, A positive seminar. in the name. <laughs> A seminar bet is great.
2: <laughs> yeah. That sounds a lot more friendly than loser gets the other
1: one. school. Yeah, well, yeah. and Losers all the branding. Feel like school. I feel like it gets really, really awkward in the whole red tape of having to sign over lease. paint slips get brought in. Lawyers have to figure out district lines. I just figure it's a better idea to go a different way. I have to ask this because you're, I think at Bellator 188, um, one of the things that I was curious about is how does it feel like to fight? Because you, you fought in Tel Aviv. Yeah, yeah. We, okay, uh, how I, does it feel to, one fight out there, because that's a different climate and beast into itself, and then second, follow-up to that is, how does it feel to have your delay on that fight? Because that's one of the hardest things, I think, for a fighter, is when it's not
2: live. Oh, yeah, so uh, first of all, fighting in Israel was amazing. The fans were amazing. Um, you know, my wife went, her sister went, uh, two of my best friends went to corner me, And we went to Jerusalem, spent a few days there, seeing where Christ walked, which is unbelievable, and then uh, went to the Dead Sea. So, you know, everything about that was absolutely unbelievable. But talking about the delay, so I asked one of the guys in Beltram, so can I not post about this? Um, Do I have to wait till tomorrow? What what do you guys want? They're like, no, go ahead and post. We'll post about it tonight, too. So I'm like, all right, great. So I post, you know, I won. fight will be, you know, shown tomorrow, all this stuff. I'm the only person on the entire card or the entire Bellator crew that posted before it aired. And <laughs> we'll at the whole next day. Come on, please, somebody post before before they air tonight. I think I screwed up, but nobody ever said anything to me about it.
0: Yeah. Well, you're a pretty intimidating guy. They're probably like, yeah, let it go. <laughs>
1: we, <laughs> we, we didn't tell him now. At, at the Bellator office, they're all trying to figure out, they're like, Jim, you gonna go tell him? No. Nope uh (laughs) randy randy you're
2: the new guy you gotta go talk to him
1: he's just like yo dude i've seen what he does in the cage i don't really mm -mm."
2: well you know i thought i made the mistake before that fight i signed the contract and so i posted about signing the contract i got scolded for posting too soon about who the opponent was so i'm like well now i'm gonna get scolded too soon for uh or for posting too soon about how it went but i guess not nobody really cared but uh I uh, I guess I'm just going rogue on social media.
1: <laughs> Honestly, though, I feel like that's their burden. I feel like they should have like either a lawyer or a lawyer who, like, hire someone to explain it in clear terms of the fighter, because that's what they're supposed to be paid for, right?
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I guess that's it. I'm sure it's in the fine print somewhere, and I just didn't read it.
0: <laughs> As you train when did you start training jiu jitsu then in this in this uh, timeline what year i guess I
2: started, I started in 2007 i did i played around a little bit in, uh, between my junior and senior year of wrestling and uh, 2006 and then but i really started training jiu jitsu in 2007
0: okay so you're you're at 11 years but you always have to take that with a massive grain of salt because you were a extremely successful wrestler prior to that which is just infuriating as like a pure jujitsu person you can always tell seconds into the role it's like uh why is he hitting me with his forehead so much you're journey and as you're teaching can you give us a little this is something we always like to steal um, and people are always welcome to travel to your gym and one of these days when I go in between surgery months for more than five that might be us what's your advice for for fast growth in terms of jiu-jitsu and that positional game that you are showing success at at a high level in a relatively short time
2: yeah I mean you know just it's funny talking about you know, getting wrestlers in—how much you hate that? Because I was that typical wrestler that everybody hated. I had no idea that everybody hated, but it just came in there grinding people into the mat. Like, I don't know how to pass cards, so I'm gonna shove your face in the mat. And um, now, I, like I said, I've got a gym full of collegiate wrestlers, and I see them doing it. Just, I just—I get so mad. Like, Stop wrestling, everybody! And then I remember that's what I did when I started. Um, but I—I got, got this is a funny story, real quick. I got a guy who. He was uh, wrestled at UNC Pembroke. He comes into the gym, done a few days of no gi. His first day of gi, put him up against a, uh, he's going against a brown belt who's been, you know, almost ready for his black belt. And he mounts the guy and double hand rape jokes him. And I was, Vince, you can't do that. I'm like, why? And, well, I guess, so he's a grown man. He shouldn't let you do that, but that's illegal. And, um, So, you know, I was that guy that didn't know know any rules at first, things like that. But, uh, you know, as far as making the transition and what I I say to everybody is, you know, try to dive into that world. Um, Obviously, like you talked about, I could go with most blue belts coming out of college and just take them down, grind them into the mat and get them tired. But what I figured out pretty quick is I get a lot more out of pulling guard, trying to attack from there, then passing my guard, mounting me and making me work out of that, you know. Um, and I, I got to the point where by the time I was a purple belt, I pulled guard on everybody I ever went with. Um, you know, I, when I, if I want to work takedowns, I have wrestling practice. If I want to work, if I'm in jujitsu practice, I'm pulling guard to work my jitsu. And, uh, I think that was the difference that it's hard to get most wrestlers to do, but, um, you know, really helped me take off in, in the sport of jujitsu.
1: Okay. What I, I'm hearing, though, Kevin, is a challenge to see what kind of financial figures would need to be put out there to see him and Lovato do a double guard pull in their fight. I oh, don't know come that on. it would entertain don't anybody tease. other than me. But...
0: Hi, oh, man. That, <laughs> that would be so unlike them in jujitsu, let
1: alone. 100%. But that's why I said there has to be funding available. Because... I know Lovato would kind of give me that wink and nod of like, yeah, I'll do it. And I'd be like, mm, he's going to want money for this. And on the same side, what are you going to do? Tell a wrestler to pull guard in a fight. So that doesn't work. So we're going to create a GoFundMe to see if we can get that going. <laughs> um, so John, I have to tell you this though. I found the most scandalous part of any part of anything related to John Salter. Because I was looking and I was trying to figure out, I was like, there's gotta be some kind of dirt. When you challenge us in the middle of the podcast, That you're just, you know, you don't have time to talk trash. This is the most salacious headline out there. MMA mania. Belter 188's John Salter is happy no one can figure him out. Dot, dot, dot. Yet.
2: Well, you know, that, that's my trash talk right no, there. Look at that, yeah, Kevin. He's
1: hardcore. I... Burn.
2: I
0: burn. Somebody get the uh, ointment <laughs> out. The burn cream. <laughs> that one. He's. Uh, I'm glad no one's been able to figure me out. But that's almost, in this day and age, the person that doesn't tuck smack, which is kind of the fun part about this match, more terrifying. Because chances are if they push you at the weigh-ins, they're scared to fight you. I mean, they're kind of looking for ways out. at least but... a little bit. Except for Kimbo Slice. I it want it to be very clear. Is, as they go yeah, on, though, he, he it continues on.
2: Have that <laughs> yeah,
0: Kimbo was genuine. So good, Rob. Kimbo was genuine.
1: I will tell you this, though. As they continue on, it says, John Salton's Bellator 1888 opponent, Jason Radcliffe's chin, which, I mean, again, I'm, I'm seeing that they're slowly... These articles to get as much as possible, like the most mileage they can out of I'm sure something that's like an aside of like, Yeah, I think I could probably beat him on the, the feet or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds good.
2: <laughs> yeah Well John the, what the, nobody well, knew about the fight I had a plan for that fight to be a little more entertaining, but I pulled a muscle in my hip and low back like six days before the fight in my very last workout. So that was one of those the game plan was take him down, submit him or lose uh pretty quick. So uh that, that didn't really go any of the ways that uh, I'd hoped that it was going to. I kind of was left with only one option. That's going to take down in the first 15 seconds. And it worked out, and I got the win. But even the celebration hurt a lot in that fight.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so let's talk about that. because A hit muscle let's, let's in
0: the, the, the lower back. Line. Like that whole area. Uh, not important for fighting. Not normally.
1: Yeah. But let's talk about that yeah, timeline, then, important. because you – you went from, um, okay, so ADCC was s- September, right?
2: Yeah. So I got back okay. to ADCCs, and I had like a week of, you know, just kind of trained but not as super intense, but I had to go right into a training camp. And uh, I got through the training camp, and um, I, I tweaked my neck like two weeks before that fight, just doing something stupid. Actually, my last 10 seconds left in the last round of sparring, and, um, that was my lap, you know, one of my last sparring sessions. And so then of course, my guy, you know, it gets in your head, you're feeling bad. And I'm like, all right, what, what do I have to do the day before I get on the plane to get my confidence back? Like, okay. When I run hill sprints, I always feel real confident after it. Cause I know that's my hardest workout of the week. I feel good. So I'm going to go run hill sprints the day before I get on the plane. It's going to be perfect. I run a couple of hill sprints. I'm feeling great. I get to the bottom and turn. And when I turn, I pull that muscle and i just, I've got a buddy that runs with me and I just go down and he's you know he has no idea what's going on and um basically you know i've got people having to help me around everywhere i go my first few days in israel i'm laying in bed can't even get up and work out and uh i gotta go do an interview downstairs with the commentators and so i you know i'm in public i'm walking into the interviewing room i'm doing everything i can to stand up straight act like i'm ready to go i'm sitting on the couch all i can think the whole time is I can't even really sit up. This is miserable. And, uh, you know, they're asking me questions. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm so ready for this. I can't wait. And um, pretty much backstage in the the locker room, I'm getting rubbed down by my buddy, standing up, hitting a couple of pads and getting rubbed down again. And everybody, you know, that's with me knows if if I don't get that takedown and submission early, we're in big trouble. (laughs) And then to make it even better, this is the best part about the whole fight. So I submit him, I get up and I'm just so, you know, it's miserable, but, you know, I'm on that on TV and trying to act tough and act like I'm not hurt. And I shake his hand. I said, you know, thanks for the fight. And he goes, I really, you know, my knees messed up. And I, oh oh man, I'm sorry about that. And I'm sure his knee was messed up. But that was the last thing I wanted to hear right then. All I can think about is get me somewhere where I can lay down.
0: And you went ahead and did take it down and submit. Did you feel anything as you go for the takedown? Or is there like a you could just grit the mouthpiece? Because I'd be crying in the corner well before the fight. I'm not getting anywhere near the octagon in that condition.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah I, I want to say that. That I assumes hear that you winds. actually make it into the <laughs> octagon or the ring or the cage. Because I know a lot of the times whenever we do that, it's just like if my back's feeling a little tweaked, I'm like, you know, I'm just not going to do this. You guys you guys rolling around me. I'm good. I'll skip warm-ups.
0: I, I just feel like yeah. if we lowered the audio, we'll hear John go, e as he shoots in <laughs> to, for the takedown. But we'll see.
2: Well, I took the worst shot, and then I had to run him into the cage. And, of course, you know, nothing's better for your back than trying to pull somebody off a cage. And um, it was, uh, you know, just that whole experience was great. And, uh, of course, you know, the thing that really made me mad was about three days later it didn't hurt at all. Oh really? So oh, I, uh, I I recovered really quickly after the fight, but not before.
0: I'm disliking your Wolverine skills. I'm just jealous. I'm, I'm lashing out. <laughs> well, John, in terms of fighting, and as we round, because uh, we have about I don't know 250 questions for you, but we have to be respectful that you're in fight camp and massively busy what can people expect in terms of uh what you're going to look to do in the fight obviously i don't expect you to lay out your entire game plan but you're you're pretty much a uh, pressure fighter what can we expect going into the fight against lovato
2: so you know obviously you don't not uh not throwing game plans around but you know like any fight i go in i've got my a game my b game and my c game plan so i've got options for whatever's going on but there's nowhere that this fight scares me. You know, lovato has got a dangerous guard, uh, very good on the ground. And, you know, like we talked about before is long, uh, Honeycutt was able to take him down, but he was able to keep that distance where Honeycutt couldn't, you know, do damage down there. So, you know, I've got to be ready for all that and his length, I think. And, um, obviously, you know, I, I say all this, I, I, he's one of the best grapplers in the world, but it doesn't, that's not a place I'm scared to go with him. So, you know depending on what's going on in the fight kind of changes what my game plan is for that moment but um there's nowhere that I don't feel like I can beat him and I think ultimately at the end of the day what wins this fight for me is you know my uh level of wrestling because I get to choose where the fight goes and if it's you know one part's not going well somewhere I can make it go somewhere else so I think um you know, ultimately that's what wins this fight for me and I think this is going to be the fight that finally goes to the decision for me. Um, it may not be the case, but I, I definitely look at this one as one where somebody's going to be very hard to finish. I think it's going to be a lot of action because he doesn't back up and I don't want to back up. So there's going to be a lot of action in this fight, but I, I can see this one being a decision.
0: Nice. Now I'm even more excited. and I have a way to just think about it in terms of, I don't need to get anybody to agree to anything in paper, but... You know, pending how this one goes, let's not hasten the idea of a grappling match. Like three weeks later, followed by maybe like a ping pong match. I don't know, uh, something.
2: You no, know, the idea of a grappling match with him sounds great, but three weeks later, you're talking about peak season of uh, you know fishing for mahi. So you're going to have to push it back a little bit.
0: Let's go a few months. Yeah, I want to work around your schedule. Yeah, That's my that. bad. That was just brazen planning. I can do better. Yeah. Uh, we'll have you, yeah. I'll call your people, which it turns out is your wife, mostly around her vacation schedule. We'll find out if there's a grappling tournament, uh, somewhere where she would like to visit. Uh, and you know, yeah. Yeah. Set
2: up somewhere warm or, uh, different and she'll, she'll make sure I'm there.
0: There we go. So we've got Brazil, maybe, uh, we'll see what Polaris could put together in, in terms of the warmth. John, we appreciate
1: you. And hold on. Go ahead, Rhett. I, yeah. I need one clarification here on this because, John, I have a big question. I don't see you doing the major grappling shows. And a large part of me wonders, is that something that you're interested in or that you would like to do?
2: Yeah. You know, uh, I talked to uh, – actually talked to Eddie Bravo a little bit at ADCC about doing, uh, you know, EBI. Um, I definitely am interested in – you know, doing more grappling. But, you know, obviously being the wrestler, you know, uh I try to focus a lot too on my striking. So, you know, if I don't really hear anything, nobody kinda of pushes me in the direction of a tournament, I don't even think about it. I just think, okay, you know, I gotta work on, you know, uh just training all the time. I train six days a week, you know, it's so what I'm always focused on is getting better. So unless somebody really brings up a tournament, I don't even think about going. I'm just concerned with training. Um, so you know i definitely i think in the future i'll be doing more grappling tournaments but uh it's not cuz i don't care about it or i don't want to i just honestly i kind of don't think about it that much
0: <clears throat> yeah i can imagine you've got people in israel to uh, choke unconscious
1: oh okay, okay so what <laughs> i heard there was a challenge
2: <laughs> yeah you got you just you know somebody's just got to remind me and uh and i'm ready to go submit some people
0: Oh, cool. Okay. Well, then we'll just tag you as tournaments come up. Raf, this is this is
1: easy. Absolutely, that's easy. I thought it was going to be way more difficult than that. I just, really, all you have to do is just kind of like kidnap him with like some like scenery or some fishing, and then just be like, "Oh, by the way, there's a tournament here. You're you're in." Hey,
2: if you've got fishing lined up for some time around the tournament, I'm there. <laughs>
0: Well, it's good to know the uh, pressure points here because we're always angling to build those fun fights. And few people's fun to watch. John, you you were a blast at ADCC. Had a, a fun match with Shanji. Fun match to watch. And you're fun in the cage. Cannot wait to see the fight. April 28th near Chicago. For those that are headed there, Bellator one ninety eight. In the meantime, where can people train with you if they want to come get beat up by your wrestler crew?
2: Yeah, if you're in Wilmington, North Carolina, come out to Port City Sports Performance and uh, check us out. We have a good time. we got a definitely a different crew of uh, grapplers in there, but i say it's uh, one of the best gyms in North Carolina.
0: Wilmington, too. Fun place to spend a few days drinking way more than you should. So training's probably... Uh, Absolutely in the Especially, yes, in the summer. Well, Verbal Tap fans, a massive thank you to fighter, BJJ badass, gym runner, John Salter.
2: Well, thank you, guys. I really appreciate it.
0: What a podcast! I think Lucy stole the show. I think if we're just giving early feedback, oh. she had a lot of questions for John Solter. I don't blame her. The way he talks, you kind of want to take his classes. It's like I, I would really enjoy first of all with Dash Gee. and second, uh, he'd be—he just seems like he's probably got a good strategic approach to teaching jujitsu. That would—that would be pretty fun to hang out with. But I'm also looking for an excuse to go to Wilmington, North Carolina. There's a lot of history for me there, Raf. What a podcast! How are you doing training wise? Did you get a little bit of heel hook stuff in this week? Anything? Gonna try I don't know and get talking about. Gonna try and get Keith and Joey to have a revenge match maybe this week at LAJJC. Uh, I would love to. Doug's um, heel hook.
1: Let me. How do I put this to you, Kevin? Um, I don't live a lavish life of heel hooks. No. you know I'm just like the ordinary guy. I just go and train and try and get the regular – well, I mean I did heel hook a couple people this week, but that's neither here nor there. Did they expect it? No. Was it allowed? Questionable. But the important thing is um, I just like that Kevin dropped in one thing that I really want to acknowledge because if there's one thing you've known about me on this show, be it you, Kevin – Our listeners, our friends, uh, people just joining us for the first time. You know this about me now. There's nothing I hate more than uh, small things that take away from the production value of a show. So when my dog is being a furry terrorist over here and is just screaming out things and asking questions to one John Salter, I'm looking at her and I go, why do you do this to me? (laughs) Why do you hate me? Because she's normally like fine. And I have to say this. Yesterday I put her away and my wife was like, you didn't give her like a toy to play with. And we left her a little bit, you know, alone at the house. And it was kind of like, oh, well, I just didn't feel she needed one. So today I put her away while we're going to do the podcast. And I thought to myself, you know what? She's in the bed. But Kelly said, leave her a couple toys. So maybe I should go do that. She was in the bed, looked like she was going down, saw the toys and goes, oh, you shouldn't have done that. Now I'm going to mess up your life, dad. And that was like that her back up and gave her the strength to interject. Anyway, I digress. That's enough of my life as a dad.
0: Furry terrorists. Tiny nightmares. They're just so loving. Uh, Raph, we're going to roll right into some shout outs. Got a fun John episode up got some good questions about his uh, his upcoming fight i'll start with my very abbreviated shout outs first of all to pizza alley for really stepping in and making me feel better this week You're <laughs> in the denver area there's just no better pizza uh i just wanted to shout them out in, in general jubara jiu-jitsu still out there being crazy people and Finally, you know, to Kaiser, who at least didn't call me back with any more terrifying news. So it's a day to day approach and that is gonna do it for me, ref. Are we sponsored by them? Pizza Alley or Kaiser? I'm practically uh, sponsored by Kaiser at this point. They should put a tattoo on me somewhere.
1: I thought okay, let me let me try this real quick. Um I wanna make sure that this is important. Uh, Pizza Alley have- Would our audience, would you like to see Kevin bring us a weed sponsorship? Because I would. Now, granted, I don't partake in it. But if Kevin is going to do all of the editing, then I feel like, you know what? The editing is made possible by weed. Therefore, why not a weed sponsor? So now I'm going to say the same thing to you, Kevin. Why not this pizza sponsor? Because they were able to help you last week. And pizza is delicious. And guess what you want when you're high? Pizza. We just yeah. wrote the copy right now, so literally just I take the, the whole crew together. Yeah, I'll call some people it, and see what happens. Anyway, <laughs> I digress. That's what I had to contribute to that. Um, let's start here. Let's start a big shout out to Valley Martial Arts Center.
0: Behemoth.
1: Anyway, that was a lot of fun this week. I haven't really been able to get over there. I had a great morning training with my buddy Casey and uh, John Budd. So that was some good stuff. More appearances from me later in this week. I want to shout out the Los Angeles Jiu-Jitsu Club. L.A. See. So a lot of fun stuff over that way. Training, you know the deal. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 8 a.m. Tuesday, Thursday – 11 a.m. 11 at the 30 a.m. 11:30. Thank you very much for that, Raf. And uh, here's something important for you guys to know. The guys traveled over to the Arizona. Uh, Is it the Tucson, Kevin? Is that how the kids say that one? Tucson. Yeah, they went to the Tucson. Yeah. I want to call it the Tucson all the time. Well, it's just how my brain works whenever I read it. But
0: spruce it up more than they're ready for.
1: Sure. <laughs> it seemed like a very exotic type. So they, uh, they hosted at, uh, in uh, the Tucson a uh, bullpen submission series. I mentioned it earlier on the show. But a lot of our friends were there. So you had Keith Kikorian who won the whole thing and now has a trip, I believe – to participating uh, after winning not just his division, but the absolute, uh, the honor invitational, when pressed for a quote, uh, Keith Cochran was able to tell me, oh, boy, that was a lot of fun. Thanks. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm really excited to be about it. Yeah. It was those words exactly. You can read the text he sent me. So I was very pleased with him, not just because he won, Kevin, but because he also heel hooked Joey. And that's always fun to watch. So I have no issue with that. (laughs) Uh, I actually did this, and I've never done this before, but I actually, right before uh, they had their match, Joey sent me a photo of the two of them doing like a sad face. And he said, hey, Raph, we both have to face each other in the absolute. And I was like, Joey, do me a favor. Can the kid see this? And he goes, no. And I go, kill the kid. He's (laughs) like, yes, sir, I will. I messaged Keith, and I was like, hey, Keith, what's up? And he's like, yeah, me and Joey. And I go, okay kill joey he's like oh, oh boy okay <laughs> so i'm just saying i just wanted a good match because i'm a good producer and i wanted to make sure that all of the good people in mercedes and tony uh, they had an amazing tournament that was going to be put on um so I'm, I'm very happy i know eric was there competed had some exhibition matches that were amazing um Guy newton amazing stuff as well uh Let me see. Who else am I? Austin Baker. Um, Just a lot of really, really good talent was out that way. And uh, I was so excited to see that happen. I look for more and more uh, amazing things to come out that way. But um, if you guys get the chance, go check out some of those matches. I know Ronnie LaBella had a fucking amazing submission. It was like a heel hook that happened within like 10 seconds. Dope stuff. So I, I throw my encouragement for you guys to go check that out. And, um, let's see, what's this last shout out? Um, I guess the last shout outs really just to, um, let's say Gary, you know, we don't love Gary all the time on the show. And there's a reason for that. He doesn't solicit any kind of real attention that's worthy of it most of the time, but we are very happy for him. It's very rare that an individual conducts themselves fairly well. Uh, as a representative and ambassador for jiu-jitsu. But it was really nice that all of the community could get together for one week to stop bitching with Gary online, to get behind him. And Gary returned the favor by making good on his MMA debut. We um, very much look forward to seeing what happens for him uh, in MMA. Uh, much like we do with John and with Lovato, we get excited when we see those ambassadors in MMA do well. Even though they're jerks, For not staying in jujitsu, but we forgive them. So I think that's going to go ahead and close it out for me, sir.
0: That'll do it for us tonight here at Verbal Tap. I'm Kevin. Thank you for listening. Good night and good fight. Good fight.